Welcome to Parenting Vanessa Clones Podcast. All right, it's a little bit about me. I'm a family interventionist. I have started this school, a nonprofit that is a K through eight, which specializes in social emotional learning, which is KFS school, along with the three R method that works on self-regulation and body awareness, along with the social emotional learning that builds on the relationships of the child and whoever they're working with, parent or teacher. And I just have a lot to offer when it comes to interventions with kids of all ages. And it's really important for me that people have have more tools in a toolkit when it comes to parenting. Welcome back to Parenting with Vanessa Colon. Today we have a really good friend of mine, Dr. Sarah Crouch, and I want her to introduce herself and just give a little background about this topic that we're talking about because she is also a mother. She is a clinical psychologist. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Vanessa, for having me. I'm really happy to be here and to talk about this topic that is near and dear to my heart, not only what I spend my hours during the day talking about and thinking about with the families I work with, but also is my life at this moment is being a parent and how do I somehow manage to take care of myself enough to be sane. And like you say, enough. Sane enough. Yes. You know, actually that, that has been my mantra as of late. Um, the good enough because we are never going to have perfection. We're never going to feel fully rested or fully taken care of. Um, but taking care of enough, have I done just enough for myself that I can um, be present for my kids, for my husband, for my life, for my families I work with? Anywho, so who am I? Um, I am a clinical psychologist. My, I, I'm an associate professor at UCSF. I run the whole family therapy program, which is a general family therapy program that we work with um, kids all across the lifespan and even adults and their aging parents. Um, I do couples work, parent support work, um, but largely the majority of what I do is, is kids, kids and their caregivers. And then how did we meet? <laughs> how did we meet? Yeah, one of my favorite people. <laughs> we met through, um, through work. Vanessa, you are the teacher of, um, a little guy that I was working with who, um, I really truly believe that the fact that you were able to see him and see the goodness in him and help him feel safe in the world has made such a difference in his life. Um, and you helped me be able to decode and understand some of his quite challenging behaviors and help me help his parents. Right. So that was, I think the way that we were able to work together, um, between you know, me, the family therapist, you as his teacher um, to help a child is such a beautiful example of how professionals who are caring for children should work with one another. Right. Um, well, I do want to talk about, I think, and this happens to be too, because I do have some kids that are very challenging. And this mm -hmm. one was definitely on the higher end of mm -hmm. challenges at times. How even just, you know, when we think we're just hitting a wall over and over again. Cause mm -hmm. I, th I remember a couple calls and, mm -hmm. and it's just like, how do we get past that? And I think for teachers or educators to anybody working with kids that are just challenging and you feel like I, I'm not getting through. And what did I tell you? I'm all, mm -hmm. you are so connected to this kid and you're like, what? 
yeah 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 I go no you don't understand like yeah yeah, I go I go I see it I see his eyes I see when he talks about you Mm -hmm. but then again I call them like the love taps because they're going to show the other side right 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 when a child feels safe enough with you they can show you all the you know all the behaviors that they struggle with right but I think it can be easy to forget that they are able to do that with you because they feel safe and connected to you. And I think for me, it was like, really, am I making any difference? Am I getting in at all? And, and what do I do, Vanessa? And you were just so always there to help me be reflective, right? I think when we're thinking about how do we take care of ourselves as professionals who work with kids and care for kids or as parents, as people having that, having a person who you can sit and be (laughs) reflective with and think like how about how things are going and what's coming up personally for me. Right. It's really challenging, especially when the kids have behaviors and it's almost like they're, the kids are telling you, are you going to leave? Right. Are you going to leave like everybody else does? Because I'm going to push you away and I'm going to do what I'm going to do because others have left. And you know, especially looking at families with adoptive children Yeah, and you work a lot with kids that are adopted. That is definitely something that does come up. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I always say being the anchor and being that person that the child can go to is huge, but it takes a toll. Yeah. And especially when you have kids that are, you know, spitting at you. I, I mean, I think you had a what, mm-hmm. glass of water. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not laughing, but like yes. sometimes you have to, you're either going to, you know, right. you're either going to cry, cry or you're going to laugh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or he's leaving the building, you know. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Doing his little dance on the, on the something. Oh my goodness. The twerking on the reception desk. Right. <laughs> That's just honestly one of my favorite moments of my professional career was <laughs> watching him climb atop the reception desk and twerk and you know what like we, none of us should take life so seriously that we can't laugh at that 100 like, <laughs> percent. i told him i, I went to I went the next time i i'm all what are you doing when you're leaving he looked at me he's like uh <laughs> i'll tell you the very professional building that we work in you know i think could raise eyebrows but but right like life is not let's not be so serious and (laughs) kids are good teachers of that for sure I also remember we went to dinner and we were talking about how we just both need to make sure that we go out and do things because I I get wrapped around work I do and I have a tendency to get so super focused and then I come home and I'm just dead I don't want to do anything which isn't healthy either yeah yeah. So like, what, how are you taking care of yourself? Cause I know when we talked about last, yeah. you're like, I'm usually on the bottom of everything else. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's been something I've really had to actively practice. Um, I think I started this parenting journey with some idea that I was supposed to do it all and always be the one who's there for my kids. And, um, if somebody else was the one to be taking care of them, for example, when they're sick, then I'm being a bad mom. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, whereas today here, we are here today and it's grandma is taking care of my son who's on day six of a fever. And, but, but I'm so happy to be here and able (laughs) to do this with you. Right. And that's okay. It's good for my kids to have strong relationships with other caregivers who love them who can step in so this is one way I'm taking care of myself is coming and doing something like this with you here um but yeah other other ways that I am taking care of myself I am trying to 
see opportunities in pockets of time rather than I may not necessarily have a full, you know, few hours to go out every evening or in the evening, but maybe I have 20 minutes where there's something that I find creative or enjoyable to do. My latest obsession has been jewelry making and beading. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'll just tell you that um, my friend told me about a book. uh, Eve Rodsky wrote Unicorn Space. I haven't heard of it. I also don't read with my dyslexia. I'll do do an audio. (laughs) So I didn't read it, but my friend told me about it. The, The idea being that as a parent, the things that you used to do that make you you that as you, as time goes on, they slowly fall away. And I think especially for women, because there's so much pressure um, to be doing it all, to be Mm -hmm. the all-star mom and have a career and do everything. Um, So the unicorn space is the space in which you bring back these things that make you unique, that make you you. And I love to craft. And so that's something I can go and sit... (laughs) sit on the floor with my beads for 20 minutes and make a little something. And there I have something beautiful that I've just spent time looking at something pretty, doing something with my hands. Um, I love to sing. Last weekend, we managed to get out. My husband and I, we went to karaoke. That's awesome. (laughs) I sang my heart out. I have literally not, I just went for it. There was, you know, a lot of times there's some self-consciousness like, oh, yeah, I don't like karaoke. I mean, I'm, you're not right. going to see me on a stage. Right. But I said to myself, the worst thing that can happen is other people just don't listen and start talking to each other, right? So, and I just sang my heart out and I had so much fun. That's awesome. And so little, I mean, and if I'm at home, I might, I might put on some music, sing a little bit. I like to dance. Yes. See, but the problem is as we're getting older, I'm like, I would like to go out to a club and go out, but I'm like, I can't find friends to do that. And I also, you know, roller skating is something that is on my list. And yesterday I call horses. I love horses. Ah, I don't know if you know that about me. No, I don't. So we also with at the school, we we take the kids horseback riding and I call my friend Sarah and I and I was like, I really, really need to come see a horse. So tomorrow we meet. I have a date with the ponies. Perfect. Right. Exactly. I just, there's something about when you look though, when you, those animals, when they look at you in their eyes and there's just that, this connection where it just mm-hmm. really grounds you. Yeah. That's where you'll see me. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I mean, I have, we have a lot of animals at our house. We have a dog and two cats and that is, animals are amazing for five, 10 minutes to just pet the cat. Unless you're like my dog who doesn't like anything or anybody. This dog. <laughs> she was looking she's at her. How old is this she's dog? Thir- she's actually turning 13 uh, on Monday. So we're going to have a birthday party for her. Now responder from KFS School. One more time. Now responder from KFS School. KFS School is a nonprofit located in San Francisco that has a strong emphasis on individualized social-emotional learning curriculum that was created by Vanessa and has been adopted by countless schools across the Bay Area and more. With an emphasis on small classroom settings, one-on-one attention, and a warm and welcoming environment, KFS encourages your child's ability to make choices, problem solve, master skills, and develop their relationships further. Find out more at kfsschool.org today. That's K-F-S-S-C-H-O-O-L dot org. 
So, but I also want to talk about, you know, another thing that comes up a lot for parents is that, you know, when we're talking about behaviors or things that are coming up or like just difficult and like saying no. And then your kid's like, I hate you. Yeah. Like the worst mom ever. Mm-hmm. Rejection. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and them taking it personally. Like, how do you work with parents on like not taking it personally? Because mm-hmm. I always say, you know, it isn't like they are showing you they love you. That's yeah. a plus. Right. And right. we also don't want to be, you know, I think it's really important that you have boundaries with your children. Right. And but how do you not take it personally? Especially since you're a parent too. Yes. Yeah. And like, how do you, right. What you, I mean, I think it's really important if you're teaching it, you have to practice it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, first of all, I think it's starting from this place that of course it feels personal, right? Like, of course that's going to be our first reaction, right? You're right, Vanessa. It's not personal, but it feels that way because I am spending my blood, sweat, and tears, and all my energy. Um, last night, I was up th- three or four times in the night with my son who's sick, right? And when he, in the morning, is with dad, and I come downstairs, and the first thing he has to say to me is, no, mama! That hurts. Right. Right? Um, so first, to just acknowledge that, like, that's a natural response and emotion for us. That feeling of, like, ouch, it feels like rejection. Um The thing I like to think about, I think that's really important, is how do I keep myself resourced enough, grounded enough, so that I can remember that it's not personal and have the response that I want to have for my kid in that moment. And that's when I work with parents, we talk about what are our triggers, what are our vulnerabilities, right? So triggers are, you know, are there that's more like, is there, was there an experience that we had from earlier in life, in our own childhoods, or even in our, earlier in our adult lives? Maybe we had to face a lot of rejection, or maybe we were ignored a lot, or maybe um, for whatever reason, our emotional needs were not met, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe we were overpowered by our own parents in a way that was very scary, and frightening, even abusive. Um, those are going, those um, feelings, right? That Those experiences of having been um, emotionally overwhelmed in ways like that, they live inside of our bodies. 100%. And they're going to be, they're going to be brought up again, right? They can be triggered when our kids do age appropriate things that, may feel similar to like getting yelled at by your child <laughs> i get yelled at all day long <laughs> and my friends, i was like I, sometimes it hurts. I'm like i know but sometimes i'm like i picked this career but i do love them at the end <laughs> right, right of course <laughs> we do when i'm getting spit at i'm like okay <laughs> of course we do we love them but it but you know it's going to carry a different meaning for me right or for the next person right depending on what my life has experience has been right. So thinking about what we need to know, what are our triggers, right? Um, I'll just share personally, I know one for me. So feeling rejected, that's one for me. Um, I just have a high rejection sensitivity button. That's just part of me being a very sensitive person. Um, but I, you know, or feeling, feeling left out, feeling ignored, like, or like my kids are not, not feeling heard. That's for me. That's one. And then what are our vulnerabilities? Like I, um, I'm open about the fact that I have an ADHD 
diagnosis, which I think we think of as just a, a difference in how we regulate attention, but that's not true. It's a difference in how we regulate emotions and other many other systems, right? Um, so hence, there's some of the rejection sensitivity for me. But also, I am more vulnerable to feeling if I'm hungry, if I'm tired, the halt, right? Hungry, angry, lonely, tired, right. all those things. If I, I am more susceptible to reactivity if I'm not regulated. And it's easy for me to get dysregulated. So I really have to stay on top of, am I feeding myself at least every four hours? healthy food. My daughter knows at the very end of the day, like sometimes I'll come home, they've already had dinner. I hop right into parenting after getting home. And it's like 815 at night. I've done all the things I've scratched her back. We've sung her songs. Time for bed. If she asks for one more thing, <laughs> mama's tired and hungry. And I am, you know, that's a time where I am likely to lose my patience. And right. um, so anyway, we repair around it always. That's an important value. I, I, you know, people throw that word around a lot. So can we just talk about what a Let's repair talk about is? It. Because I have the three R's and I talk about yes. the repair. Yes. And in every situation, you go back and we redo it. Yes. And we go do it how it's, you know, what feels right for the person to feel good. Yes. But I sometimes think we, we throw words around a lot without yes. Let's talk people about understanding that. what that repair is. Well, I'll Especially share. as a parent. Mm-hmm. So let's say I've just totally, she, you know, she asked for that one more thing and I got really impatient and I lost it and maybe just told her to go to bed and that didn't feel good. And she, maybe she, cried and luckily I do have a partner who is very present parent that I can say listen I'm tapped out please go help her now the next morning I'll go to her and and say you know I'm sorry I got really impatient with you I yelled at you that wasn't fair to you you're a good kid you're doing your best right and mommy needs to work on when I'm hungry, when I'm tired, when I'm out of energy. And you can also follow it up by asking her, what can you do differently when you are that way? Yes. And I think that's where she always you know, has really good answers. Right. So it's what I'm saying. Cause like you want to have the back and forth conversation of like, you know, what could I have done differently? What, what do you think that was? Mm-hmm. And also sometimes, you know, kids also know how to push buttons, right? Mm-hmm. And if they're in that mood or they want that attention, whether it's negative or positive, they're still going to get it. So yeah. it's almost like, yeah. how do we take that situation and go, all right, let's have, I call them family meetings. I'm like, all right, so when this happens, what are we going to do? And, and, and even so that kid that we have that similar, mm-hmm. I, um, mm-hmm. I was in a really, I also know when I'm like in a mood, there's certain kids that I probably shouldn't be around cause they, mm-hmm. they can read me really well. I think they know mm-hmm. me better than I know myself mm-hmm. sometimes. And, um, I did something and I reacted pretty had a strong reaction to something not so small. And then I, afterwards I walked out and then I brought the kid in I go, can we talk about what just happened? Yeah. And I said, do you think my reaction was too big or too small? He's like, uh, yeah, you were, that was way too much. <laughs> you need to bring it down a couple notches. And I said, okay, okay, let's talk about this because there's, you have a part two in this. Mm-hmm. So how do we look at, okay, what could, what could you do differently? 
And then how do I do it? So I'm respecting you and you're respecting what I'm asking you to do. Yeah. And, you know, I'm also very aware that there are some kids I've had for years. So it goes into a different, you know, relationship because it's not just a teacher there. I am a teacher. Yes. But we're really close too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going, I mean, this kid, he's been with me five years now, five, yeah. six years. Yeah. So it's different. And I think that he knows where to like push my buttons for sure. Mm -hmm. So it's just how to, you know, taking a moment and saying, all right, having that repair of like, what should I've done differently? And then when it happens again, saying, oh, did I do it right? Does mm-hmm. it work? How did I do this time? How did I do this time? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a lot better. <laughs> yes. Right? Like that yeah. was better. I don't know. And yeah. I go, but I go, but you know, maybe could you bring it down? I mean, can you like listen on like the second time, not the fifth or when my voice goes up? Right. right. I, I've had a meeting the other day with the, uh, with a, the, another person that was working with them and they go, yeah, we're just ignoring some of it. I'm like, uh-uh, we don't ignore his behaviors. Hmm. I go, I go, you know, some kids, yes, you ignore. This one, he'll just keep escalating and escalating, escalating until it gets to the point. And I said, so what happened was he was really mad at me one time. And so we get in my car. He's kicking my car. Well, whatever. But he's kicking the car. And then he gets in the car. He's like screaming. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to ignore and see what happens. And finally, it got to the point where I'm like, can you just stop? He's like, I knew I'm going to get you to talk. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was like, okay, we're just not going to ignore it. And so we we did the repair afterwards. You know, sometimes I think you have to protect the child from their own mouth and what they're going to do around other friends because they could see mean things even though in that in that heightened moment and they don't mean it mm-hmm. right so how do we go back and repair that yeah so um that is very important and so and i think for a parent and a child looking right. at both people and what they you know right right age like having age appropriate expectations 100%. but absolutely right i know as a parent like it's my role to be leading and modeling and to be, you know, they talk about circle of security, um, talks about the parent being bigger, wiser, stronger, and kind. Right. Um, but there are moments that the child can teach you too. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, they can teach me. Absolutely. They can teach me. I'm saying what is, what is fair to expect of a child? I think sometimes one thing that I I think most adults that are caregivers and parents didn't necessarily take, you know, child development classes. Right. (laughs) So sometimes we don't, we need to adjust our expectations of what's realistic. Um, but I think that kids can, we, you know, we start by having the conversations of like, how could we do that better? Each of us, Mm -hmm. um, you know, my daughter used to tell me, mommy, you can just say, please. And then I'll, (laughs) I'll listen. I'm like, oh, okay. Pretty yeah. sure I said, please, few times. But I don't, you know, I just say, okay, thank you. I will try that. And then the next time that I feel myself getting frustrated, I'm trying to practice naming it. Mommy's getting frustrated. And not to follow that up with, I'm getting frustrated, so you better, right? It's not that. It's I'm getting frustrated, so I'm going to, I'm going to take a breath. Okay. And I, now mama's going to ask, I'm saying, please, can you? And remember we talked about, you told me if I said, please, that that would really help you. And she remembers. And then we're in, we're on a better course. Right. right? Um, I label the different personalities. Ooh. Yeah. Your different personalities. <laughs> well, no, I don't have that. I'm pretty much the, like, 
like, I go, I'm, 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 no, I'm talking with the kids. Uh, yeah. It's really, I'm trying to think of like how many personalities I do have. I mean, I'm pretty, like, <laughs> well, I mean, there's I, what I was going to say earlier, like my daughter knows hungry mommy. That's not a, you know, we, we need to make sure mom sits down and eats some food and then I'll be back to nice mommy I don't know <laughs> back to being myself again right or you yeah. could just say I'm hangry right now like hangry yeah. mommy right so right. it's one of those right. things but I think it's it's important to understand because it's going to be everywhere you know it's going to happen to everybody mm-hmm. and it happens all the time at work or other places mm-hmm. yeah we're so, human yeah but 100% mm-hmm. but yeah I'm like okay I'm because I do it with kids when I'm working with them I'll say like, okay um are you gonna is the grumpiness gonna stay or gonna go you know what I mean? Cause I give mm. the kids a choice. Cause I think once they start to identify, okay, that is parts coming in. I have another one that, you know, me and so-and-so, right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, is let me know when me and so-and-so is gone and then we'll talk. Hmm. Right. So I want them to be aware of what's going on with them mm-hmm. and their bodies and the choices that they're making. Yeah. Cause I think sometimes we go up to children and then they're in that mood and we just expect, you know, I think a lot of times we expect kids to just be his happy go lucky and right. that they don't go up and down when they do. They're just totally. little humans. Totally. And I think that's really hard for parents. Like, I don't understand why it's like, they're not listening. Right. So, and you know, when you can just have the child start to identify like, okay, right now I'm feeling really mean or I'm jealous. Yeah. You know, that kid did ask me to play and didn't or mom or dad's playing so much time with the other child or you know what I mean like there's those things oh yeah are 100% but what I did want to talk about is I think it's really important and I tell parents this if you are escalated I hate the word escalated but at a point of like charged yeah 100% charged Mm -hmm. and you're like I need a break I always tell parents have a code word Mm -hmm. when you have a code word Mm -hmm. and that's like okay we're switching like even at my school Mm. if if something's going on parents to tap each other yeah to tap each other out like it's doing it so it's not like and you could say, I'm taking a break and that person's coming in. And so it's not like the child's feeling like, oh, I'm, they don't want to be with me. Right. And it's like, like oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's so it's how right. you bring the person in. Yeah. So like having a code word that you guys both know, okay, that this is a switch. Yeah. It's huge. So being aware of how that feels for the child, right? Mommy needs a break. I will be back. Mm-hmm. The other thing I run into when working with caregivers or if there's two, two in the home, right? And they have the capacity to tap each other out. When one caregiver, when one parent is charged and the other one comes in and is trying to tap the other one out, like, hey, you need a break. That is a moment that I we have to work with a lot between the two, two parents because the parent who is being told that they need a break that can often be received very critically. Like 100%. the other parents telling them they're being bad or wrong or harmful or aggressive or you can't do this you're not capable of doing this uh-huh uh-huh and it that can lead to a blow up between the two of them so what like we spend t- some time together between the two parents of like l- first of all let's be real that parenting is relentless and exhausting you have to parent even if you've had no sleep even if you have the flu we all need breaks and that's okay and can we use one another as a, if you're lucky enough to have a partner in parenting, can we resource each other? Can we work together? Look to the other as that resource for the break when we need it. And so how can, I think the, 
the trap a lot of parents fall into is if one parent is getting charged and maybe being too harsh with the child, that second parent comes in and maybe starts telling the parent to stop it as opposed to what has worked for my husband and I, I'll just say like he comes in, he just puts a hand on my back. Perfect. And that is enough for me where I can take a breath. I know he's coming to help me. He's not coming in to criticize my parenting. I can look at him and he's like, just go breathe. And I will, I will step out and I will tell you that is not how it used to go. (laughs) (laughs) But again, it's communication and and being able to talk about Mm -hmm. what you need. And, Mm -hmm. and I don't think people realize just a touch of that grounds you. Mm -hmm. So even in the classroom, if I have a child that's like really fidgety or there, I will come up and I will give a touch, Mm -hmm. but I'll give a little bit of pressure so they know and they feel safe that they're okay. Yeah. Well, this has been lovely. And I just love you anyway. Did the time fly? Yes. My goodness. Wow. <laughs> oh, my, so much to talk about. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And also I want to point to listeners. I also have a book, a self-care book for parents. Mm-hmm. It's um, Parenting with an Open Heart. Mm-hmm. And it is a journal and it talks about how you took, ask, it will ask you how you take care of yourself along with when things come up. How do, how are we not taking it personally? Yeah. So it's very reflective and it helps. I feel like it will help you get more insight on what's going on for you mm-hmm. and along with helping repair the relationship with your child and also taking it less personally. Mm-hmm. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Parent Vanessa Kalama. Parenting with Vanessa Kalama. And if you have any questions about your child or want to hear other tips, please go to Vanessa's website, vanessacolone.com at V-A-N-E-S-S-A-K-A-H-L-O-N.com or email colonefamilyservices at gmail.com.